You're listening to The Frankie Files with Frankie Tease. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 8 of The Frankie Files. Today I want to mention two different cult stories in the news that I think are worthy of attention. One, there is an ongoing court case against the man who is running a thing called the Ray family at Sarah Lawrence College, also known as the Sarah Lawrence College cult. Okay, so this blurb is from USA News. Lawrence Ray is accused of extorting his victims, including Rosario, who was, by the way, one of the um, witnesses, for millions of dollars using threats, physical violence, and compromising information and videos that he used as collateral. Ray is accused of even making one young follower work for him as a prostitute. Rosario met Ray in 2010 when he was a a sophomore at Sarah Lawrence through Ray's daughter, Talia Ray, whom Rosario was dating at the time. Wow. So by 2011, Ray was constantly accusing Rosario of wasting his time poisoning him and breaking his things, always demanding money in return for his alleged betrayal, Rosario said. Soon, Rosario had emptied his savings account at Ray's direction. The Independent reports that Mr. Ray has pleaded not guilty 17 various counts of racketeering, sex trafficking, and conspiracy. The trial continues. Sarah Lawrence College cult is not religious in nature, but the father of one of the college students who lived there at the dorm began recruiting other young people to do his bidding. And wow, I mean, this is so dangerous. And I know that cults and religions and all types of uh, untoward behavior recruits at colleges. Our colleges and high schools are just such fodder because people are there, they're looking, they're, you know, independent from their parents. They have time away and they can't be monitored. The cults know that. So I hope you check on your kids, um, your teens, your tweens, and your college age family because the indoctrination and recruitment can be so scary and quick that with the Milu control, they get in and dominate their phone, text, social media, and living quarters. So then they get their time, their money, and sex. They literally dominate them. Look into the Sarah Lawrence College cult. You'll be shocked at what's going on there. Another important milestone this month, 25-year look back at 38 people who took their own lives together at a California residence. This cult was called the Heaven's Gate cult. The article was by Diane Sawyer, and it's streaming on Hulu. The cult among us, I believe, is called it. On March 26, 1997, following an anonymous tip, police entered the group's sprawling Mediterranean-style compound. By the way, this is in California. There they found the bodies of members neatly lined up in bunk beds wearing matching outfits and identical Nike sneakers. The anonymous caller was Rio D'Angelo, a surviving member who left the group after three years 
and was to stay behind and tell the world about the group's story. ABC 7 News, The Cold Next Door, Heaven's Gate. Is that particular story? People.com, remember, the members left video diaries explaining their reasons for the mass suicide. Apple White, the leader, had convinced them that in order to reach heaven, they must abandon their human forms and board an alien spacecraft that would trail behind a comet. Phew. The apocalyptic doomsday cult, this was one of the largest mass suicides on American soil. And the story of it is worth looking at. Just seeing the progression of control that these people offered up systematically is how they got to that place. But it is eerie. It is eerie. The Frankie Files. Okay, today is um, the fourth week in the month, and that is dedicated to adult children of cults. And I prepared some thoughts and excerpts about this. Today I want to talk about addiction. Let's talk about being addicted to the group in cults. Those of us who were kids in a cult know nothing else. We were immersed in a group of hundreds, if not thousands, of people on a regular basis. So immersed that we rarely had time alone. I know those of you listening who were kids in a cult are flashing back on this right now. Normally, kids have a lot of time alone with their other kids playing in the neighborhood, at recess, with kids at school, and perhaps at music or sports or dance lessons. Time with their peers. For cults, that doesn't exist. A focus on the individual is not allowed, unless it's directed by the master and serves the group in some way. But have you ever thought about the addiction to group? I really enjoyed breaking that when I left. I still remember relishing being alone, and I still relish being alone. Being alone is a luxury. Thinking, just feeling you in your own skin, was something we as adult children of cults were deprived of. Even those who went to a cult as an adult were immediately deprived of alone time. Because that's when you think and have critical thoughts when you're alone. The level of control needed to convert someone to crazy religious doctrines is quite a lot. Those who maintain jobs while in a cult are the lucky ones. You're less damaged because you retained a sense of self, even if it was your work self. That self was separate from the cult, the church, and the group's demands, and that gave you some relief. Even if you hate your job, it brought you some relief from the pressure of the group. Those of us who dropped out of school to be full-time in a cult know a different experience. Like anything, it can become addictive for the wrong reasons. But that group think, that group existence, that was our first primary social experience. Yes, I had been to other things, such as school recitals, band camp, extended family gatherings, summer camp, holiday occasions. But as that faded away, I was left with the cult church group. Other than sugar, the group experience was our first addiction. I sometimes think about how addictive it was. It was our very first high. We left school and entered a group that had only one agenda, whatever the master said. Preparing for events, sitting and hearing lectures, cleaning, singing, 
making money at fundraising events. Those were the only priority, and we shared that with other like-minded individuals. We felt the unity. Meditation, smelling incense, or other so-called sacraments all created a feeling of togetherness, safety, and unity. A can-do attitude and stance was strong because of the group. You space out and you lose yourself to the group goal. The lecture, the singing, the chanting, and time disappears. Some kids find this, these type of highs in performance, sports, or travel. We found it in religion. It's its own addiction. We found it in the group. As individuals, we did not exist in the group. That was the goal. Oneness. But all religionist fables and presentations, whether we started as kids with addictive personalities or not, were exposed to druggy behavior. The suspending of all personal needs for the group is an odd behavior, even at the peril of your own health. This is a destructive habit, just like drugs and alcohol or any substance abuse. is self-destructive. A spaceship, heaven, the afterlife, another plane, another planet. It's all conjecture, no matter how authoritatively it is presented to us. Religion itself and religious cults consist of one person saying they are the representative of God. Whether you believe there is a God or not, right now, you can at least understand the presumption of some human acting as a channel or translator or spokesperson to a being that is imagined or unseen. This is where the split begins. Religion is a means to control the behavior of humans. It's a doctrine, propaganda. It's a means to make people do things by using the fear of God, and it's as old as time. It's also an excuse to ignore mundane necessities. I hate to be the one to tell you that it's still unproven that God exists. Yes, most of us believe in a higher power. Life in some form after death, but it's time to look squarely at the facts. It's all man's interpretation that makes up religion. Bibles were written and interpreted by man. And you know how honest and unmanipulative man is. <laughs> Cough. The Frankie Files. Hey, everybody. Check it out. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to start a podcast. It has all the tools in one place that you need right from your phone or computer to edit and publish your podcast. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now. I'm using it right along with you. The fact is, those of us who were exposed to an all-encompassing religious lifestyle at an early age, especially during our formative years, had to question religion the most. First, we have to discern what may be true from our indoctrination and what may be fabricated. Just looking at the things preached to us will feel bad or wrong at first because of the continuous browbeatings and indoctrination through lecture and song. It was presented not as theory, but as fact and as ultimatums. It can be hard for us, for adult children of cults, to simply look at the world through indoctrinated eyes. 
we have to rip off those filters that were impressed upon us. How we were taught to see the world in order to really think in a healthy manner and recover from the intermingling of religion and our pain. The addiction is strong. The Stockholm Syndrome, siding with the abusive, is a sort of addiction too. The addiction is to a pain of belittling and shame and humiliation that has to be let go, just as hard as letting go a habit that you know is unhealthy for you, like caffeine or alcohol or a drug. Because similarly, nothing else exists while you used to revel in the vast tall tales told to you by these religious authorities. Tall tales of other lives, of magic and ceremonious initiations, make grocery shopping boring. We become addicted to the pomp and circumstance, the melodrama, the whoop-to-do. Religion, like addiction, was used on us as an excuse for everything. So it's hard to have spirituality and faith on our own terms, but it's not impossible. They can't truly destroy our faith in good, right, and righteousness, and in a higher power that we must answer to for our actions. Recognize that all ministries of all faiths exaggerate the same story that most use, such as Buddhism or Christianity. Recognize that fables told to us are a writing and fabrication of our fellow man. It's a difficult thing to accomplish. It is written and produced as Star Wars or other fantasy or sci-fi TV shows or films. It's a fable and a story we were told. It's propaganda. These teachings were used against us as weapons. Once in the world and away from the nonstop, overly intense religious environment, we realized that we were lost in false worship of other human beings who are, in fact, just human. I recommend doubting everything. Even read up on other religions to expand your knowledge and the many interpretations of the same story that are repeated in the world in all countries. Those are the fables. I'm not saying disregard your reverence for a higher being and a higher consciousness. I am, though, saying we need to recognize that religion is the drug that our dealer sold our families, and it was a rough addiction to kick. They definitely got us hooked to be lifers, and but some got away, like me. We got lost in the rapture. Losing your sense of self can be an incredible high, a very addictive high. False prophets can use the power of religion, whether new age or traditional, to make us loathe ourselves. That's just wrong. Religion does damage. It causes us to feel separate and different from each other. It has started and continues to cause wars. All because someone says God told them something about humans or the world and how we should live. Well, okay. God told me to tell all of you that we all need to play nice and stop playing God to our fellow man. But you know it will never stop. There will always be someone who desires the power over others and who doesn't check their ego, that believes race over other race is valid. It's not. Eugenics is, in fact, playing God. Hitler believed one race was superior and all others must be cleansed from the planet. It's all horse crap. One of the most prolific propagandists of all time are stories where usually a man 
says he has the word of God and will tell us. And if he's charismatic enough, people believe him. As adult children of cults, we have seen how religion can be used for everything. Free labor, fundraising, sex, to evade taxes, to trick people into doing things they normally would never do. Religion is the most powerful drug, isn't it? If you do this, I'll give you another hit, they imply. And religious criminals are the most dominant type of drug dealer, the most well-represented distributor. They get away with murder, rape, theft, and more, all in the name of their drug. You don't see a war on religious crime in America, like the war on drugs, though, do you? The advantage that we were raised in cults and religions have is we can see right through the BS. I think even better than our parents can, because we didn't choose to go to a cult or church. We were there because our elders went. We were recruited in a moment of their weakness. We then became addicted to the loss of self, that specific part of religion, that drug. The demands were 100%, so no time was spent just developing you who you are, your skills, your resting vibe, your sense of self, chanting, group dancing, performance, sitting together in lectures, meditating, took up all our time. The nonstop physical labor, which for me included cleaning, manning retail shops, cooking, moving furniture, decorating, painting, doing laundry, making jewelry, making signs, transcription, distributing flyers, proofreading books, collating papers, and sexual servitude. They don't teach you that in the real world, labor isn't free. You can get paid. In fact, you have to get paid in order to meet your living expenses and stay off the street. You can't pool your money with a group and get new member donations all the time. That's not sustainable. The world in the United States is a democracy, at least in name, and not run by a totalist leader who tells you what to do, eat, wear, think, and what life path to take. That's the main confusion after being selfless in a cult. You have so much guilt just taking care of you because there was no time for that. That wasn't allowed. It simply wasn't a priority after all. The priority is the master's needs and not yours. Many therapists and professional counselors have no reference to what a few generations of adult children of cults went through. The addiction we deal with is that the high we were controlled by was fake, fleeting, and temporal. It no longer exists. It was created, manufactured, synthetic. The high of the group dynamic is only possible under the circumstance of crazy. A crazy leader decides to live in an unsustainable fantasy and take as many people along with them as possible. My experience was seeing thousands over a decade plus be tricked into servitude. They came and they went, and always there were new bodies. It took years for cracks in my doubt to happen, and the cracks were really small at first. After years of limited or no outside info, it's a shock to have a myriad of info at your fingertips, isn't it, my fellow adult children of cults? We didn't get that while we were in groupthink. You didn't even realize how strict the control was 
until you've walked away like I did. And at first you feel so utterly alone and disoriented. When you're coming from that level of control, it's got to be similar to a prisoner leaving a penitentiary. You're overwhelmed with stimulus at first. We had so many rules, a constant focus on listening to and pleasing one person. One totalist leader, the godly representative, when you're no longer exposed to their brand of crazy, you can pretty much pick out other propaganda campaigns on a dime. Once you realize you will not have the high of complete loss of self all the time, you may try new addictions in an effort to replace what you had, but it doesn't work. The idea of living mostly out of body or in the spirit can be a bit of a problem once you resume real life. You may deal with diet changes, maybe even detoxing from drugs you never knew you were being given, LSD or other, that may have been slipped into sacraments or group food or drink. The Frankie Files. A lot of professionals were never in a cult or dangerous group. They might not even have experienced sexual ritual abuse or even been inundated with extreme religious views or apocalyptic scenarios. They might never have had to wear all one color and be teased at school for being religious, may not have had their sexual identity tampered with, or their virginity stalked or stolen. These experts might not even understand the way in which we were treated and traded like a commodity, parentified, forced to be sexual voyeurs unwillingly, manipulated into believing things behind our parents' backs, turning us against our parents, all for sport or personal gain or amusement. <laughs> but I'm not bitter. The submersion into ideology and groupthink is in fact a drug. It is an experience that many people may never grasp or deal with or even understand, like going to the moon. Unless you've been there, you don't get the experience. But I do applaud those who try to help us, even without the full understanding. But I also caution adult children of cults to be careful where you listen and who you listen to. While this episode isn't dedicated to the topic of cult recovery industry, believe me, it will be discussed in future episodes. Not even our parents had the same experience of submersion we did, because they already had formed their sense of self before submersion. One, they chose to go to the cult. We didn't. Two, their brains were formed. Ours were not. The brain's not even fully formed until age 21, so in my example, I was just leaving after a decade plus of indoctrination, psychological abuse throughout my formative years. Learning things in school, going to the church and learning their version of Jesus or Buddha, the water, air, earth, and fire, all the gods, demigods, the ancient Egyptian hieroglyphics, the meaning of numbers, numerology symbols, and numbers, astrology, the perversions and demands of sex are all jumbled into the same box of information for us. It's taken me years to separate it all out and a lot of book reading and travel. Once you realize the selfishness of the cult leader and their minions and that yes, spiritual people do lie, deceive, and are self-serving, 
you may have a difficult view of who are criminals in society than others have. Cult leaders are religious criminals. So when I see the two young boys dressed in white short sleeve shirts and ties riding their bikes, I might stop them and try to start cracks in their belief system. Because I was there. Because they're being eaten alive by a totalist religious system. The Jehovah's Witness, for example, made to bike around and preach to strangers, are being used to keep the human trafficking going. To get more families to bring their resources, time, and money to a group where they will be absorbed and all resources extracted. The habit of putting the group above all else was hammered into us, even above personal health, definitely without our future in mind. The prep for adult children of cults to function in the world isn't discussed, treated, or helped, proving that the model is unsustainable, the addiction almost untreatable, but you have to undo it. The apocalyptic scenario we were fed wasn't even real. It was an adrenaline-fueled way to get things done. Simply ruling in fear and using the salve of religion, group ceremony occasionally to ease the pain. We were addicted to pain and the obsessing over death upon leaving. Addicted to unfettered idealism, whatever idea gets results. I watched beliefs morph slightly over the years. Claims of who was being channeled shift at a moment's notice. Whatever works, right? I believe adult children of cults to be the real truth seekers. We know the actual damage that ideas can do. We survived that. The idea is sold to a group to keep the leader gilded in gold and furs. Ideas. Religious ideas selected and put in a soup to get property, cars, money, and security only for a few. The rest be damned. We know what actual slavery is, not conjecture of the past, but slavery where child labor means nothing. Slavery which trumps all our wants, needs, and goals. This we experienced firsthand. Letting go of the addiction to a religious or non-religious group. Madness can be difficult. I personally enjoy my own company the most. I'm someone I can rely on, despite the idea that being alone is lonely. It isn't. When you've seen how a group can be turned on a dime to destroy one non-believer, it makes you a, a bit more aware of a group dynamic. I'm convinced that nothing can compare with the experience of complete loss of self. It's extremely intoxicating. It uses part of the brain that no drugs, alcohol, or adrenaline can ever replace. It makes us chase altered states and otherworldly dreams. It is, though, unsustainable and unreal. Addiction to fiction. But for me, I found peace in rejecting the exciting and embracing the mundane. Hard work, learning, and solitude is where I found the most peace. Groups, not so much. It's hard to admit that a spiritual leader had us chasing enlightenment like fool's gold. But once you do, you find peace and contentment in the joy of everyday things. Nature, contemplation of life, and its meaning or just its very existence. Simple pleasures like art, exercise, writing, travel, finding things in common with our fellow humans. Flirting, mingling, listening, learning, hearing opposing views. And that's okay because we're not in the grips of an unsustainable lifestyle, a lifestyle of religion that never considers the human.
these are things we were deprived of as adult children of cults. We were made to be religious addicts, and now we must go clean. And since we survived the worst, only the best is yet to come for us. Why do I say that? Because we have knowledge about human nature that cannot be taught. We have a wisdom about life, which can only be lived. Cherish the lessons. Teach others the danger of groupthink and cult brain syndrome. Be glad you escaped because you've lived through something that opens your eyes to the darkness, which can flourish if it goes unchecked. Use the knowledge. Guard future generations from dangerous thinking. It's one gem we can hold on to from all we endured. It's a gift. Knowledge is indeed power, and it can be used for good, not evil. Let's show them how it's done. The Frankie Files. If you were a cult kid, please get in touch with me to be interviewed for the podcast. The show may now be heard on Spotify, Pocket Cast, Audible, Stitcher, Radio Public, YouTube, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. If you would like to support the show financially, visit Frankie T's on Buy Me a Cup of Coffee, Cash App, Redbubble, or become a subscriber as following helps grow the show. Until next time, The Frankie Files with Frankie T's.